And welcome to a special mini-edition episode of the Anderson Observer Podcast, news from people you trust. As always, we're brought to you in part by Sullivan's Metropolitan Grill and Sullivan's Caters. Not only does Sullivan's offer the best fine dining anywhere, special occasions, anytime, they also are listed among the top 100 restaurants in America, and if you don't believe it, then you haven't been eating there. (laughs) And they also have a great lunch menu, which a lot of people don't know. Now that the weather is turning, uh, try that open-faced pot roast sandwich. Some of the best comfort food you will find anywhere. And once you've eaten it, you can thank me later. And as I said, the weather weather is turning cooler, and Halloween is less than two weeks away, and that can only mean one thing. It is almost time for the Anderson Bluegrass Festival. This year has another all-star lineup, and at the top of that list is Rhonda Vincent and the Rage. Her awards would take an entire podcast to read, but let's just say she's been the winner of multiple Grammys, Dove Awards, Vocalist of the Year Awards, just about any category in which she's been nominated. She has won numerous awards, and she's also one of the best mandolin players in the world, which I think often goes under underappreciated. Uh, I chatted with Rhonda about her upcoming visit to Anderson uh, the other day and what to expect at the festival, and she was a delight, and I hope you enjoy this conversation. Thing to cook. What's your most famous dish? What are you famous for? I uh, well, it's a family homemade pizza. Really? Homemade. It's like a cheese cheeseburger pizza that my homemade pizza and homemade, homemade crust. It's all everything about it is homemade. Wow. Well, it's a shame. And if you want, it in an hour. It's a quick. It's a quick. Um, quick recipe. It's a shame more people don't get to do homemaking anymore. Did, did you learn to cook as a child? I mean, you've been cooking your whole life? Oh, yeah. My mom, early on when she, I mean, I don't know how old I would have been, but she would, she worked at the shoe factory, and she would peel the potatoes and put them in water in the fridge, and she would put the meat, and she would write me a note. Gosh, I had to be six or seven, probably. And she would say, now at 4.30, put these potatoes on medium, and that, and roll this in flour and put this grease in the skillet and put this on it. At five, put this on. She would write instructions exactly how to do it. So I guess I would have had to have been able to read by then. So maybe maybe seven or eight. Wow. So but you have pretty, been cooking pretty a long time. Yeah. Pretty. How, does, how do you think food relates to music? Is there any connection there? Or am I missing something? Mm, I, well, we like to eat and we like to sing and play. So it all works together for, for my family anyway. <laughs> yeah. I guess everybody likes to eat. So. Well, and also you've been doing both of them a long time. I mean, uh, do, you, do you remember the first song you ever remember singing? I do. Um, I sang the bicycle song. I was going down the road making 90 miles an hour when the chain on my bicycle broke. I was skinned all over by the rocks and the gravel and punctured to death by the spokes. That was like my first one when I was probably five. Wow. And, you, and we, well, we made a recording, so there's, there's a song in there, and how can you refuse them now, that I re- recorded on Live at the Rhino, our, our most recent project. 
Um, so I recorded it when I was five and then a new version in 2016. Yeah, and I know I was reading up on you, the music's been a big part of your family. How far back in your family history were musicians? How many, how many musicians and how did that all develop? Well, it's five generations uh, from Northern Missouri. Uh, my hometown is Great Top, a tiny little town there. My parents from Worthington, population 35. And so music was probably about the, one of the few things that they had. And, and five generations of the Winsett family. My daughter, Sally Lee, is now carrying on that tradition uh, as the sixth generation of the Winsett family. So uh, it's just been just basically on-the-job training for me because as soon as I started singing at three, you know, my parents were already playing. It was my mom and dad, grandpa, aunts, uncles, cousins, and friends. So it was a big family and friends band. And then we had a TV show, and they named us the Sally Mountain Show because there's a there's a geographic location near where I grew up, and it was called Sally's Mountain. So they, it came from there. Well, but, yeah, it's just my dad would pick me up on Christmas Day, and we'd play to dinner. And after dinner, friends came over, we'd play to bedtime. It was it just this continue. I thought everybody was at their house doing the, doing the same thing. I thought that's what that's what you do. It's just what life is. <laughs> and who who was the best musician that you ever remember in all of your family tree? There. Well, by far my father. He played everything. He would get us started, you know, playing on that. But I mean, every the, what I remember most is that there was a uniqueness about each person, and and what I think is what, something that I carries through with what I do. Probably one of the single greatest lessons is that um, everyone gets a turn because, you know, you just went through, in, whether you're in the jam, you're sitting in the circle, anyone who wants to sing or play gets an opportunity. And I don't care if they were good, bad, or otherwise, you know, you get a turn. And when it was on the show, the same thing. And everybody was had a, my Aunt Catherine sang like Kitty Wells. So wow. it was a very distinct, unique voice. Uh, you had Al White, who played the fiddle. You had Jack Heron, who was a comedian, and he would do a recitation. And then you would have, my grandpa would sing a Bill Monroe song. Uh, my dad would probably sing a Porter Wagner song. My Uncle Paul would sing a Jimmy Martin song. I would sing, you know, whatever song I guess they taught me. My mother would sing a Loretta Lynn song. But there were all these different, everything was a character, you know, all these separate characters and separate personalities. Now, extend that on to now my father's, uh, Aunt, um, Aunt Helen played the accordion. So when it was in a family setting, she would play an accordion. My Uncle George, which was my his, his uncle, my, I guess it's my great uncle, my Uncle George played electric guitar, and my dad and Uncle George would twin electric guitars. They had their songs that they were going to play. So it depended on what songs were dictated by what instrument is there. Uncle Dave. You know, he was saying, uh, "Where will I shelter? Where will I shelter my sheep tonight?" I you cannot think of Uncle Dave without thinking of that song. So there were specific songs that correlate. Uncle, or I mean, um, cousin Doris Richardson, she sang. Now she is a Spitfire, and she's singing a "You Are Sissy Deacon Jones." After you rattled your bones, you can sing the Alabama Jubilee, and that was her. That was her uh, song that she always did. And when she did it, boy, she had the animation to go with it. So um, that's something I, that people say, they'll thank me and say, thank you for featuring all of your entire group. But that just comes from, I guess it's something that's natural. It comes from my family. Well, I think I read your first instrument was, a, I got you a drum first. Is that right? Six years old. My birthday present was a snare drum, a stand, and, and a set of brushes. And I became the, the drummer for the Sally Mountain Show. Now, it's not to say there were no cymbals, there were no 
kick and it was just a specific snare drum. So I was kind of the backbeat. And then I would sing, I played mandolin, you know, same, it was the same, that's the same beat. And and from there to mandolin. Now, how many mandolins do you have now? <laughs> I, my husband's listening, so I can't tell you. <laughs> do you have a favorite? <laughs> I do. It's a Smith Creek. I actually have two now. But I, I'm, I'm really concerned. Somebody else sent me that question yesterday, and I said, uh, I embarrassingly, I do not know now. I, I have enough mandolins that I cannot tell you how many I have. But I do know. I've moved to a new place, and I have these the ones that I really love, and the closet is full, and it's time to, to sell them because somebody should be playing them somewhere. Well, and at least you, you are playing them. You play well. I've got a lot of friends who collect guitars thinking it'll make them better if they buy a new guitar.
my mind, I'm thinking, if I really wanted a job and they wouldn't hire me, I would say, let me work for you for two, maybe three weeks for free. Let me show you the kind of person I am. Let me show you how I am to travel with you and show you that I can travel as, as well as a man or I can do the job. I would want to show them I can do this job before they make that decision. But, you know, I don't know if she did that, but she, I know she was, she was not given opportunity because she was a woman. But because I think I went from my family to my own band, I, I didn't really see any of that. Right. That, that is a cool old school approach, trying to prove your prove yourself that way. People don't do it as much. How much do y'all tour every year now, Lynn? Well, we're, I mean, we're probably on the road 200 days out of the year, something like that. I haven't really, I haven't counted it up for, for a while. But, uh, you know, at our busiest year was 2004. And we were on the road 300 days, Holy maybe cow. even over 300 days. Uh, we were sponsored by Martha White, and our dates, you know, we never really had an issue of looking out for dates. And, and uh, by the time that we had our Martha White obligation, we had we were supposed to do 20 dates for them, I think, and then have our own date. It was 180 dates on the books that year. And we're like, whoa, we've got to – this is the first time I've, we've got to start um, – doing a less dates because we don't want to be on the road 300 plus days. So, and so we tried to balance it out from there and, and find, you know, a 140 to 120 is, is the perfect balance. You know, it varies each year as opportunity, as opportunity comes, comes to us. Who are some of the people you like to listen to? What kind of music do you listen to, like to listen to when you're not playing and, and doing dates, just between riding around and stuff? If I was going to ride around, I love listening. The Isaacs are probably my favorite group to listen to. They're so inspiring. Um, love their harmonies. And I just love their music. Um, you know, and, and probably there's a, a wide variety. I love James Taylor. If I feel like I want a, a totally different uh, approach just to relax and just listen to music, I would probably – I love James Taylor. I love seeing him. I'm, I'm more of a, I think, a live radio type, like listening to WSM in the morning. I listen to Real Roots Radio. I was, so I'm probably a radio listener versus putting on music to listen to. Yeah, that's a, sad, I, I like sadly that. a dying part. Our radio stations are disappearing on us. It's, uh, I know. I, I, and I have friends there, Real Roots Radio, WSM, Sirius XM, thankfully, has a uh, bluegrass channel. You know, right. it's, it's, well, I think it's a lot of fun once you know the people, too, because I mean, if I'm listening to Real Roots Radio, and I will text them and make comments, so let them know I'm listening and, you know, hey, that was hilarious, or why did you play that, or, you know, give commentary. I don't know if they like that or not, <laughs> but I do, and we're friends. So well, I that's what makes it interesting, that. absolutely. Uh, listen, I, you've probably told this story that. a million times, but how did your band get the name The Rage? Uh, my husband named my, named my band. It was the very first band that I had with a group of friends. We just kind of got together, not in really intending to have a band, just to, to playing at my house. And it was Rhonda, Alan, Joey, and Earl. And as we were we were playing, my husband came in and said, "Hey, I got the name for your band, The Rage." And but it, at that time it was R A J E. Okay. So people would con confuse it with Rajay. Yeah. Or, you know, I thought you had an Indian mystic band, band so going. <laughs> <laughs> So we took, uh, once Alan, Joey, and Earl were no longer in the band, it's like, you know what, let's make this easy for everybody. It still has the same sound, R-A-G-E, Rhonda, and the Rage, and so it's kind of stuck ever since. Well, y'all are coming to Anderson the end of the month here in South Carolina. have been here before a couple times for, our, this is our third, I think, year to have the Bluegrass Festival. What can your fans and maybe some newcomers who have never seen you live before expect to hear from you and your band at those shows? Well, I travel with world-class musicians who are at all at the very top of their game, so it's 
high energy. Uh, we love what we do. We share that. People say that you know they can't help but smile when we're on stage. It's not just coming to a festival or a show to see our show. Uh, it's more of an experience. We sign after every show, so we do a meet and greet. You know, people are really seem to be surprised at that. Um, so after the show, people can come up, say hello, uh, get pictures. Uh, I stay in, and then I'm very active on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, so I get to, it's just this ongoing experience. Uh, we can check in each day what's going on, uh, well beyond after leaving the festival. So I love, it's, it's this wonderful experience that we have, and it's a relationship that we have with our fans that we love. After all these years and all this touring, are you still having fun? I am. I am, or you know what, when I'm not, it's, that's time to quit. But I, you know, I love what I do. It's so natural for me. It's what I grew up doing, so it's not, um, I can't imagine doing anything else. It is hard to imagine her doing anything else uh, with, with her level of talent and, and how hard she's worked to get to that level, that skill level. And don't forget that Rhonda Vincent and the Rage will be headlining at the Anderson Bluegrass Festival, which is set for October 24th, 25th, and 26th. Still plenty of time to get tickets. You can find out more at the Anderson Observer or at adamsbluegrass.com. That's A-D-A-M-S bluegrass.com. And later this week, I'll have another interview from one of the musicians going to be in this year's festival. So check back often for more from the Anderson Observer newspaper and the Anderson Observer podcast news from people you trust. Joey, Joey.